jazzguitarlessons.net improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher my name is mark here and you're listening to episode number 42 on i guess we could say how to practice jazz guitar licks or how to approach licks as a beginner so let's get going <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Once again, my, my name is Mark from jazzguitarlessons.net. This is your unedited full version of podcast number 42. Uh, live, no safety net and no editing. And I found out through teaching jazz after a while that a lot of people wanted to learn licks. And I think it's a pretty natural instinct to see a chord progression and go, okay, here's that chord that's being played. And I want to play something that works on that chord. So let me learn you know, or C minor 7 lick or uh, B minor 7 flat 5 lick. And once that chord happens in the progression and I'm soloing, I can just use that lick. Um, I'm just going to tell you right away, and this is something that I've discussed on YouTube over the years and on the blog, is it's not going to work like that. It's not going to work. It, it's going to sound forced, forced at moment. Uh, so what I'm looking forward to do now is give you some practical solutions to make the process feel more creative, feel more, feel more personal. And you can, you can come out of listening to this, even if you're walking your dog or driving, I can really give you great tips that you can apply with your guitar right away. So I have my, my Nile string right here. It's going to be right in your ears. And I'm going to show you a few things. So number one, just a personal story that I, I shared on the blog. Um, there was this Bill Evans solo on Waltz for Debbie that I played at my first year recital on actually when I was in college for music. And I did that because I learned the Bill Evans solo because I figured I was not going to be able to improvise something decent. Uh, it was in 3-4, it was a waltz, waltz feel and I did memorize the solo, you know, pick it up, memorize, learn it well. And when I came and I played it, I thought it went well. And then I heard a recording of that gig. I'm like, ooh, it doesn't sound well at all because it sounds forced. It's, it sounds like I'm playing someone else's thing and I'm not really free. I'm, I'm sort of constrained to, to my, you know, I'm, I, I sounded like I was stuck in my head basically. So that's number one. And number two, there's two, two resources that you can find as links uh, below in this podcast here. There's, so it's not a lictionary. Like I, I want to have a huge arch archive of licks on the blog eventually. But we have a blog post called Jazz Guitar Licks Can Keep You Out of Trouble, something like that. So you have the link in the description. And there is yet another video that's about two years old that's called How to Easily Learn Jazz Guitar Licks. Uh, avoid this mistake. It's March 2017, I, I guess. And I would listen to this podcast first and then go check out the YouTube because the YouTube video really takes one of the points I want to talk about today. And it takes it apart. So basically, I'm get, I, in the video, I show you, sorry, here's a, a lick and here are, it can work on multiple different chords type of thing. So it's mostly theory. But uh, for now, if you want to take a good lick from the blog uh, link, or perhaps I can just build one for you. I was thinking of a, a G major, a G major seven chord. And you guys probably already know, and you'll be able to follow this even if you don't have a guitar. So you can play the major seven arpeggio. And the lick simply consists of playing a note above your target note. So your, your G is a note. So you play a note above, which is A. Down to G. And below chromatically, that's an F sharp, and back to G. So 
right? So that's not the complete lick. The processes will repeat this on notes one, three, five, and seven of the scale. So then for the three, then for the five, then for the seven, and then back to G. So here's a lick. Three, four. You've probably heard Joe Bass play something similar. It's a very popular lick. So uh, just for you to get a more personal touch on um, how to, to internalize this and make it more personal. So one thing, if it sounds forced, it's because you don't fully understand it. Think of it like learning a word of vocabulary. If you don't understand a word, uh, you're not going to be in a pub and have a conversation and suddenly plug that word because the context is not strong enough for you to certainly like directly go to that word in your language. You know, I'm francophone, you hear that, I'm from Quebec, I'm from Canada, and when I speak French, I use words, and this is totally subconscious. It's because I've seen and heard and used the word enough so that I can later reuse it. Uh, I would like to, uh, to use a French word, oh, let's say um, breadcrumbs in French is uh, chapelure. Chapelure. So I can use chapelure when I know we're using breadcrumbs to, you know, put some fish in it and put it in the pan with butter after, right? So I know chapelure, I know breadcrumbs, and I don't need to think about it. So think of bringing your licks to that, to that level. And the following exercises are things you could do. You can do any or all of them. All right. So enough talking. Let's get to the playing. So once again, original lick. Three, four. <laughs> Sorry, let's do this again. Three, four, three, five, seven, one. This is what your, your ears will hear. One of the greatest things you can do for your own practice is to be able to execute it at different tempos. So let's do it slower. Three, four. Sorry, see, can't even <laughs> need getting a taste of my own medicine here. Do this again. I want to Hey, why not backwards now? Instead of going, let's do. Three, four. Right, something like that. You know, working on this this way, it's starting to get into your subconscious what you know about this, like where it fits, and all of a sudden you'll be soloing, and this will pop out, and you'll, hey, wait, just wait, I know this from somewhere. It's because you've really integrated it. Uh, another part that's really important, and you've he heard me scream <laughs> solos at the top of my lungs in certain lessons where I do improvise. It's really singing the lick. So, uh, let's do it lower. So, I, I sound like a tractor today. I've never, I, I can't sing like an angel. I don't have a great voice, but I'm just finishing this cold. So, I'm going to do my best. So, I know the arpeggio is. So, 
When I had doubts about C, so I need to work on this. So this goes a long way in being able to hear it in context when you need that lick. Um, now, the other thing I wanted you to, to keep in mind is we're taking this as a very static thing. And the video I pointed out earlier that you can find in the description here for a link is I spend the entire video, it's about 10 minutes, showing you what else can this be. And it's that's the essence of learning, I guess, anything, is that lick that we just played is never just it. It can become multiple things and it can become multiple things with regards to which chord is being played but also with regards to where it is played within the bar as you shift it around starting it on different beats it's going to sound different it's going to feel different even though it's the same thing so you know i'm going to make it another analogy here you know what a sphere is right so if you take a a, a tennis ball you recognize that shape as being a sphere. And if you take a soccer ball or a basketball, oh, it's a sphere. If you take a golf ball or a cue, a, a, the, the cue at pool, you know, the, black, the white ball at the game of pool, you, or, or billiards, I guess you'd say, you put your hand on it, you're like, yeah, it's a sphere. You know darn well that it's not the same object, but they have in common that sphere. So say your lick is the concept of sphere and the different shapes it can take is where you started in time. So that, that's been, you know, honestly a massive discovery on, on my end when, uh, a, not a discovery, but an epiphany as a student myself of jazz. Uh, quick sip of coffee, guys. Thank you. See, I'm telling you, I'm not even editing anything. It's just me and my little coffee mug. Um, so what we're going to do, try a few variations, not too many, just a few variations on starting the lick on different beats. So remember, that's your lick. It's a pretty long lick, right? And if you do it in 4-4, four, four, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. Now, what if we just shift it one eighth note to the left, meaning that's 1, 2, 3, 4, and 1. like me, your ears will pick up on this totally differently. Like a one, two, a three, four. Right? So that's, anyways, to me that was mind-blowing that I could take any lick and just sort of shift it. Uh, and I'm not even doing anything different, not sh changing the notes lengths themselves, and I'm not even changing the accent. It's just it's just where it lands. We go and one, and one, and one, two, three, four. So it's really odd because that note lands on beat one and that note lands on four, and then one and then four. So it's it's sort of an odd little tricky lick. In the end, it's very it's very modern, but just the way we play it for guitar, it's like, oh, it's an obvious lick, right? Uh, now let's do one more uh, transition shift, like rhythmic shift out of it. And it will be using three pickups, eight notes. Basically, we're shifting it three eight notes to the left, 
to go a one, two, three, and four, and one. Got that? And four, and one. Two, three, four, a one, two, two, uh, uh, two, three. One, two, three, four. Good. So right there we shifted it uh, one eighth note to the left, then three eighth notes to the left. And you could do the same process going forward, go, waiting for one or two beats and then playing the lick. And if you have a backing track or a metronome, you will interpret it, you will feel it and hear it totally differently, even though it's the same notes. Remember, analogy, it's the sphere. It is a sphere, but it has now a different flavor, a different shape, a different texture, different anything. Uh, another thing I mentioned earlier, I said I did not change the, anything. What if we just accented, accented, that's a tough word for French guys, accented different notes. So I could decide to accent the first, but this is totally boring. So let's let me go and say I'm gonna emphasize the third note. So I'm gonna put it back on beat one where it belongs. So one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But I'm gonna go. That's that's my my accent note. So one, two, go three, four. So same lick, just that accent. one accent you could put the accent before you could put the accent after but as time moves on and now I'm sort of playing it in a shuffle like ding -a ding -a ding and I'm really playing it shuffle uh, but you could play this straight like Latin style bossa style and it will change the feeling of it too um, now because we're you know running I wouldn't say running out of time because you know the magic of the interwebs I could be sitting here three hours uh, you probably wouldn't listen for three hours so I'm gonna pick up the pace a little bit, you could be using your guitar technique to do something different. What if uh, we use different combinations of hammers, hammer-ons and pull-offs, you know that technique where you go, you know, you just use your fretting hand to make the sound. So how about I pick, I will pick this one, this one, and I will, I will let a pull-off play the one, two, th the third note, the note I accented earlier, accented, I will leave it be a pull off. Sorry, three, four. So it changes the feeling and you could do the same thing with hammers like So you could combine hammers and pulls and then make that lick start on a different beat and then make use of just a partial portion of the lick maybe. That could be your lick. Um, maybe you could leave some notes. So for instance, here you can go uh, something like you know, instead of the full shebang and then go
because I'm still using the same notes and I know um, I, I know it works on G major 7, I know it's part of a scale. Uh, some things that you might want to do that are a little bit more advanced so you can take that into a different progression or onto a different chord. Now we just have that one chord. But you can also ask yourself, would this work on an E minor chord? Well, certainly it would work on an E minor because then I'd be hearing, you'd be hearing a, a, an E minor 9, if you will, right? So, I just played it uh, an octave up. That's another thing you should do with your licks as well. You know, play it an octave up, an octave down. See if you can play in a different place of the fretboard, uh, so long as it makes sense for execution. Don't, uh, sorry, don't fall into the trap of the rabbit hole of trying to take that lick and play it in every imaginable position. Lock it into one or two, maybe three positions that you are comfortable that you can execute it. That is more important that it becomes automatic and part of you. That's more important than playing it in all positions. And no, uh, Wes Montgomery did not play his lick in every position on the fretboard. He played them where they sounded good and when they felt good and he could hear them and rely on his licks when he was, you know, playing songs. Um, so putting the lick a, a, on a different chord or a different chord progression, you could do it that way, the way I've done, which you say, well, if I'm playing something that works on G major 7, according to the notes I'm using, G, B, D, and F sharp, what other chords can use those notes? So that's... A trajectory. However, we could also go the route of, oh, now it's G minor 7. How can I take that lick and now instead of G, B, D, F sharp, it could be G, B flat, D, and F, and you will ornament your lick the same way. Go. I just change a few notes. I'm not going to go into details, but you get the picture that now the four notes that we're doing is 1, 3, 5, 7, but of a minor a G minor 7 chord. All right, and if your lick were fitting a progression, meaning your lick, your or original lick would take place over a chord progression of more chords, then you can see if you can change the chords, you can see if you can change the progression of the chords and see where it fits on different tunes that you already know. Um, now I'm gonna go into, <laughs> I would say, the abstract mode a little bit. So that's one of the things I believe I talk about in the in the video I mentioned earlier, it's playing licks with the same notes, but changing the rhythms. And that's going to be tougher than just moving it around in the bar. It's going to be like, you know, make that first note last longer. Or uh, let's do... You see, I... You can play around it, and since it's four times the same thing or five times the same thing, you don't have to do the same process of changing your rhythms uh, the same on every iteration of it. Meaning that you're sort of developing this into your own personal version of this lick, and you go and sail along with what you hear, what you think sounds good and makes sense on your fretboard. Um, uh, one thing I've already mentioned is you ch can change the notes of the lick to work on different types of chords, just reiterate on this part, it's pretty abstract, you can do it. Keep the notes the same and find other chords that work. Or change the chord itself and alter the notes to fit the, the, the appropriate scale of that lick. Um, and then the last point I will take, it's now it's really up for grabs, it opens up uh, drastically a, a universe. Is if it's going up, you can decide to go down. Earlier in the mm. podcast I went, uh, I'll, uh, the hell with it, let's go. Mm -hmm. 
you can do a mix and match. I could do. Right, I could, uh, instead of going one, three, five, seven, I went one, five, three, seven. That's one of the things you could do. If the lick went, why not go? <laughs> you know, it's the same mental exercise. It's the same sphere. It's the same concept. You have that note that you're playing around, but you can go, you could go, uh, you could go, uh, right? And you could go. Uh, you know, I did, I did use devices that are not the same for every chord tone because the scale is not built the same way around. So it leads you to study well and go, okay, that's really what this is about. So instead of, for instance, you know, I've been talking about this what twenty minutes now. Instead of sitting with a book and actually looking at a lick, playing it, and go, thanks, I got it then you see that you could take it and make it yours, spend 15 minutes, then 30 minutes even on that lick, and you'll get way, 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 way more out of everything you study. So in essence, that's almost like a little bit zen, right? You need to study less things, less things, and you can make, make those precise things cover a lot more mileage in your improvisation and vocabulary. And it just so happens that your vocabulary will be a function of what you stumbled upon, like if you're listening to this podcast, I probably drilled this one in your ears <laughs> enough that you will be able to hear it when Joe Pass plays it. Um, and you will also be able to make it your own and hear it. So that's a function of that, what you've been exposed to. But your vocabulary in the end is also a function of how you learn to use that vocabulary, vocabulary how, what type of studies you do with it, like what we've described. What do you go up and down with? Which chords or progressions you decide to make your lick fit on? Um, wh what other explorations that you took over and maybe shared it with someone? Like, look, I did this. And then that guy, maybe your teacher, maybe your friend will go, hmm, that's cool. Have you ever thought of doing this instead, right? So your vocabulary, I reiterate, is a function of what you've been exposed to, but also at the same time, a function of your explorations. So I will finish this podcast now by thanking you for listening, as always. And uh, I have to use a word of warning. I'm, I tend to be not a very patient guy. You know, I want everything to happen yesterday. And it was the case for me coming up as a player, learning to improvise and even building this website. It took years and uh, learning to teach, learning to record podcasts, lear learning to make courses and sell courses, learning to edit videos. It takes time for licks to be part of your improvisational vocabulary. Do not expect it to show up. And that's a really, really uh, part of wisdom that Dave Turner, great Montreal sax player, one of my teachers and mentors, he just said, um, I just practice licks and I just wait until they show up. Like, how long can it take for it to show up on a gig? It's like, I don't know, two, three years. <laughs> so I started laughing. As the, you cannot be serious. You know, I'm 20 years old now. I don't have that time. <laughs> So let, you know, let's pick it up. He said, no, 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 man, you just don't force it. So what you do is you force it in practice. Practice is the time where you shed, where you look at these things, you, you extrapolate ideas and you, you put it, take it all apart, look at the several pieces, put it back together in a different form. Say, oh no, I'm missing a part here, you know, and you really study. And when you're at a jam or when you're playing a gig, you don't do that. You're not 
in the lab anymore, you're not a mad scientist, you just let it come out and express yourself. Same way as that word, voca that vocabulary word in French or English, breadcrumbs, um, will come out or not, depending on if you know the context. You're not likely to go on the street and talk to some guy and go, I'm about to use that word, right? So it's the same for jazz. So just a, a closing thought is all the stuff we've discussed in this podcast, all the stuff above is just to make your lick, any lick that you like, that you want to integrate, feel more personal. And so you will not sound like you're plugging in things and you will just not sound like a copycat, which I believe is not a very good thing. So thank you for listening. That's all for podcast number 42. Once again, I will see you soon on the blog. And my name is Mark from jazzguitarlessons.net. Improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher. Take care. Thank you.